This is episode 546 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Writers Association of North America. This week, we have Jacob Fletcher and Harry Mead. This is Max Corcoran in beautiful, sunny, pretty great, quiet, peaceful Ocala, Florida. And this is Joe in the same place, which is pretty beautiful and pretty lovely. And I'm sure our listeners get sick of us winding them up about it. But <laughs> there you go. If you really want to see what good weather is like, come to Ocala, Florida. And you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So, Max, how are you this week? I'm well, Joe. I'm better than you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sore ribs. I know. Very sore. <laughs> no. <laughs> sore ribs. So, listeners, I was a. I got in a. I'd like to say small, but wasn't small. It was a large car wreck. Um, and I'm a little beaten and bruised. And. Um, with some cracked ribs, which is a little bit annoying. And the most frustrating thing, Max, is that there's nothing that you can do. No. Um, just and like I pain can't, management, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And don't sneeze and don't cough. But no. anyway, I think we're going to be um, in good shape for Kentucky, which is coming up very soon. Um, I'm yep. taking this week this week off riding. I've just been over to Anna Merrick, my dressage trainer, and she rode Johnny for me, and he looks a million dollars. I'd love to just like substitute her in. Wouldn't that it be, would be nice if we could do that? How great yeah. would that be? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. only one small problem. Yeah. She has long hair. She what? She's like five ten. Oh well, that okay. is a problem. <laughs> she's she's like she's she's got like a runway model figure, and she's five ten with legs like long, like you would not believe. And right. so it's yeah, it it would. It would like, and you know, you know how long my legs are, Max. Not very, unfortunately. Not very, not very. So anyway, so it wouldn't be good. But if I could sub her in, that would just be awesome. Maybe yeah. I bet that's probably the way the that's that's going to be the way that the Olympics goes. You know, pretty soon you can like, substitute riders and substitute horses. Nah, 50, do it all. 50, 50 years time, Max. They won't yeah. have three disciplines. They'll just have a three day event with a dressage rider, a cross country rider, and. And a show jumping right. rider. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. Oh my god. That could I, Brazil, pretty... Brazil could win. They could win. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine that. Could you imagine? They almost won oh, the Ams. That could happen. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, so I'm a, I'm a little busted up, but I'm on the mend and stuff, and doing all the bits and pieces. I've got the tape on. And I've got the laser, and um, and you know, rest. doing doing all of those sorts of things. I've actually, um, I've quit the heavy duty painkillers. Um, because they just don't make me feel very good, Max. And I'm just taking handfuls of ibuprofen and, yeah. and everything's much, yeah. much better. That's you good. know, ice, ice and rest and stuff and yeah. all the rest of it. You know, all the stuff they so. tell you to do that we never want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like who wants to put a bag of ice on their ribs? It's just an awful yeah. idea. No, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> and it hurts too. <laughs> yeah. So how was Eventing World at Chat Hills? 
Well, it was another fantastic event at Chat Hill, so it didn't go so fabulously for me because I was having a wee bit of trouble steering. Yeah. Um, but um, but Johnny, uh, we got through our dressage test, and Johnny did a fabulous cross country uh, show jumping round, um, really really easy. And I, but by, by that time, I kind of used myself up a little bit, um, and I decided to run him the next day, and I just had a bit of trouble steering. So we had a, a drive by, but it wasn't you know like it's not the end of the world, right? Because um, Johnny's the kind of horse that if he if he it gets a chance to see where he's going, he'll jump it, you know. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. But so that enough about me. Um, there was no, it was a great event. Um, there was uh, two camps this week. I mean, there was the try on at the fork at the fork yep. going on, and there was Chat Hills. Um, Chat Hills this this year put on um, almost the, exactly the same amount of prize money um, as there was up at the Fork, which was fantastic for the four-star class. Yeah. Um, the weather was absolutely fantastic. It was proper eventing, eventing weather. And, yeah, you know, we had to fit the same. It was pretty great. Cool for the horses, and, yeah, it was yeah. good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. Um, the ground, we just had enough rain. You know, like it rained um, heavy um, on the, the night of I think it was Thursday night or Friday night um it it rained really really heavy and like it was just a, it was just enough to sort of soften the ground up and nice. chat and yeah. that that done aerating and stuff um the courses were really really good there was um a, a new tough combination in one of the waters which is uh, a new water jump which was out sort of near the back of the course which was a an eyelash type brush fence on on a curving line to another one back into a water pond um sort of and it was reminiscent of the colt pond at badminton way back oh, cool. way yeah. way back when um so you know um some new stuff and things and i think a lot of people got a really good runs uh, before they went uh, before land rover kentucky and um obviously you know we've got people preparing themselves for jersey and that sort of thing so yeah no so chat hills did themselves proud again it was it was great you know um it was really really good um it's kind of a i don't know i suppose it's a it's a comfort event for us you know because it's like we have to go there and we have to stay uh because you know it's too a little bit far from home um but you know it's not it's not difficult you get airbnb or there's hotels or we take our camper or you know it's it's fine um, it's manageable yeah yeah not warm enough to swim in the lake though that's not yet think. not yet because yeah. uh, chat hills chat hills has a, a number of lakes around it which are a lot of fun and when we go up there in the um, late spring summer or early fall uh, we get to go and um we go and swim in the lake in the evening and it is just awesome. So, uh, but not quite Leah. So, so beautiful weather, great courses. Um, there is going to be a advanced class in the May Chat Hills. Oh, facts. right. They've not, done that to help with the Bromont horses, haven't they? That is exactly right. And I think it's picking up a bit of momentum. Um, it was, um, I'm not going to say, well, it was my idea actually, because it was, yeah. I, I was thinking, we've we really haven't got uh, without well, from having now to tr- until from now until Bromont. There's no advanced runs in Area Three. That's right. Um, yeah. Unless you go up and do Jersey. So yeah. um, we called Hugh and and asked him if he if we thought it could be something that they could do. And um, after last year, when they put one on in the August event, August no uh, September event, October. Um, 
And Hugh said, well, if you, know, if you can think you've got enough people, we can give it a go. And so we went on Facebook and um, surprisingly, yes, there was a, quite a few people that are, that are looking to do chat, um, to want to, you know, I run before Bromont. Um, and I've even had people calling me from Virginia um, saying, are even, they really I don't even think in Area 2, they've got, well, they've got Fairhill in two weeks, but to do something a little bit longer, farther away, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. yeah, so that is exciting that we'll have another really good run before we have to go all the way up to Bromont, um, you know, and the other options was obviously stop at Virginia on the way and run AI or, or intermediate, but no, I mean, it just to have something in our home territory would be good, so it's um, it's great that the organisers are working with the riders on right. things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully the people that plan the calendar might be able to take a, a few lessons. Out well, of it's just a bit interesting that you mentioned the calendar because Stableview has been trying to get an FEI date in between Carolina International and and this week that which had the Fork and Chat Hills. And it was interesting. I was speaking to uh, one of the course builders, and he was saying, you know, in the end, it's actually a pity because you're taking a really good event away from the riders because they're all really fantastic events and to make people choose is actually not quite fair, you know, in some ways too, you can't, um, it's going to spread everything a bit too thin to start with it. Everybody's going to lose their numbers, um, in the long run. Um, and in the end, I mean, yes, Dable V should have a nice date somewhere, but it's not, that's not the time or the place to have it, um, is in the middle of, of between Carolina, Carolina popular one weekend, then to have them FEI again. So there would then be four FEI events within three hours, within three weeks, which it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then Fairhill wants to pump back their date to be the week after um, Carolina, which would be the same weekend as Ocala three day. So it, I think there's got to be some tweaking to be done in the calendar because it's, it, you know, again, all these are all fantastic competitions. They all deserve their, their time and they all deserve their, you know, they, they work hard to make their competitions better every every single solitary year. So they deserve a good date, but they just, they're now piling it on top of each other. And so everyone's going to lose in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with that, Max, but I, I am happy that there are now some choices and that with choice, there becomes an onus on the events to make themselves good enough that people will choose them. Right. And so, um, you know, if there's one particular event where, where you go because you're very comfortable or it suits you because it's not that far away or it may be a little bit cheaper or right. less days price and all money, that, but, right. you know, less, less days and things. I think everybody's, I mean, this, this is another thing to mention actually. I mean, like, um, you know, Chat Hills had, a, a bit of a rise in entries, I think. I'm not quite sure how much, but the the difference was that we arrived on Wednesday and we'd gone by Saturday. Yeah. You know, sorry, yeah. we arrived on Thursday. We were meant to go up. We were going to go up on Wednesday, but because I was feeling so sore, we drove up Thursday. I rode the horses Thursday night. We competed Saturday, uh, Friday Saturday, dressage Saturday, yeah. and, and, and show jumping and ran cross country in the morning. Now, if I hadn't had students to teach, I could have been home by six o'clock in the evening. Right. You know, so, um, so that starts to, sure. especially when, yeah. you know, 
Especially no, when you've got a that if you're choosing that, have. but to have one in the middle there is just going to really is going to. Ah, oh, look, I think it's without doubt it's going to throw a massive spanner in yeah. the works, you know, and I, and I think that when you've got um, a top event like Stableview, if you could just give them a date, a Absolutely. little bit more yeah. out there, out there somewhere, right? They're going to they're going to get more people to go. Exactly, you know? exactly. That's um, the, that's no, the thing. I, yeah, I, I and it's I get not it. like and 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 all of those other events that are around them, they get better every single time. They they make adjustments. They listen to people. They work on things. They make everything better. So it's not that they're not good events that need to be looked over. Um, they're all very good events. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we're going to be talking to Harry Mead later in the show, and um, there's been a bit of a shakeup there in yes. uh, in the UK about, um, and and from the general gist of it, it, it is uh, British eventing have taken the FEI status away from uh, some of the FEI competitions. Yeah. And um, talking to a couple of my friends, it's because they say, you know, that the course is outdated you are on the side of a hill you it is old and it hasn't been refreshed and there are other there are other events that are running much better fei competitions and it's more you you know that's how it should be now that that's just the general gist i've got but i think there's a a lot of, of of uproar obviously about it and things and i think there's some events thinking that they shouldn't have had theirs taken away but hopefully we'll get to the bottom of that a little bit when we speak to harry um later on in the show so max how's your um how's your presidente um how's your presidente apprenticeship going (laughs) well it is it's interesting from time to time joe as I think I was telling you earlier, it's actually been kind of interesting. I've, I've enjoyed getting to, to know more people and um, do all that. But today I have four conference calls, which is, <laughs> which I think is going to be unfortunate. Well, I, I knew this coming into it. That was part of the deal, but it'll be interesting. But the nice thing is what they've done, what they do is they try to have all the conference calls on one day. So you sort of get bombarded one day a month. You have these massive days of, of heinous conference calls, but um, then it's done. Then you don't have to do it anymore. So um, that works out pretty well. Right. Yeah. So that that would be why you didn't want to record our show today, Max. Yeah. Well, no, I was fine oh. with that. I just couldn't do it <laughs> anytime later because I've got one at two, one at four, one at yeah. three. Oh, and then I get to do my taxes. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, poor you, Max. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We're all good. Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. Better. Right. Well, get rolling. it's it's probably time for our first guest, um, and we better get on with our show. Joining us now is Jacob Fletcher. Jacob, welcome to the show. Hey, Max. Thanks for having me. So, Jacob, obviously you've um, uh, you had a really super weekend at Chat Hills, but before we talk about that, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, because it's not um, the average story. Um, and what you've been up to and, and all that, you, you, um, cause you're not from the most normal area for events. No, I, I'm from, I'm from Arkansas. Um, I still live there for over half the year. Um, the, I think the closest event to us now is five hours away and the closest FEI, the closest CCI, F, well, whatever you call it now, CCI long is like 12 hours for us. So we, wow. we've got a journey. For, for all competitions, but 
Um, yeah, so I'm from Arkansas and just got into eventing. Um, I originally uh, started getting going with David O'Connor, and then he sent me to Mike Huber, which is our area coach, and then I've been with Mike since um, from a young rider on. I spent a year in Europe with Kevin McNabb. That was in 2014, and then I've been back, been back since trying to perfect my craft. Yeah, and you've been back, and and but you're also not just riding full time. You're also working. You went and did college and all that too, didn't you? Yeah, I I graduated in 2016, um, and I have I just when I'm in Florida, I just look at emails and and, and keep check on some Excel files every day. But when I'm when I'm at home, I do half days in the office. Yeah, so and that's I'm an insurance salesman in the other right. Day. Right. And then, but the, you balance college and riding for, for the most part, pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, I, I did. I did have, um, a groom then, but yeah, I had, I had six going, um, mostly at oh. the upper levels and I was doing college full time as well. So yeah, it can be done. I was going to say that's a, what's a question I feel like people get asked all the time is, you know, can you do horses in college at the same time? But obviously there's, there's sacrifices on both sides, but it, it is doable. For sure, yeah, you have to uh, be able to study efficiently. Maybe not go to all the frat and sorority parties. You know, <laughs> what do you mean? Like that. But, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't <laughs> lie. Don't don't, pre- <laughs> don't pretend that you haven't been doing that. Mike. He just hasn't been to all of them. Only only some of them. Yes. Yeah, you have to pick and choose. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I, I picked and choose. <laughs> Excellent. And now you've got a place because Joe and I always, we, you know, we rant a lot about how great Ocala is. You guys now have a farm here in Ocala, don't you? Yeah. Oh, I love Ocala. Yeah, we we bought a place right across the street from Mike, so I get to wave to him in the morning. Oh, um, I, <laughs> I think he's going to put up a big privacy <laughs> fence after this winter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's perfect, isn't it, Ocala? And I, it's only getting bigger and bigger, so I, I think it's the place to be for sure. Yeah. There's lots to do and lots to, there's always, I feel like even if you have a young horse or an advanced horse, you, there's something, um, if you need to go practice, there's things to do everywhere and good training and all that kind of stuff that comes through as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been part of the under 25, um, USCF program for a bit too, haven't you? I have, um, I was a bit ashamed this year because I've normally always been kind of the younger ones. Yeah, and I was the oldest this year. The oldest, <laughs> finally. I'll get used to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's all good though. But that must be kind of so, a fun week. But to yeah, get to... yeah, the U twenty five stuff's been really good. I get along and work really well with Leslie, and and Leslie and Mike work well together. So we've we're kind of a good little trio. Yeah, um, and you've got to know well. meet some of those other people that are on that under twenty five squad as well which is kind of fun because hopefully you guys are going to be what make up the next set of teams you know somewhere down the line yeah that's been great you know i've to be honest i've missed i've i've tried to always make the winter training session but i've normally missed the little two-day training sessions in um in random spots in the year because it's really hard for me to pick up and leave the farm and the horse and the office business with just one horse and, you know, drive 15 hours for two days of, of lessening. Um, so I find that I found that a bit tough um, yeah. with the program, but other than that, it's been great. And, you know, I send Leslie videos at least a few times a week and catch up with them on the phone a few times a week. 
And when I'm in Ocala, I can go lesson with them as well. But yeah, it's been really cool to meet other people my age as well that are trying to get into the sport too. Yeah. That's cool. So let's talk a little bit about your weekend. This was a big, a big win for you. Was this your first FEI win? No, I, uh, I won. Um, it's my second four-star win. I won it last year on a different horse. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. So this is, you've got sort of good vibes there. Yeah, I've got good vibes. So I'll probably be going back next year too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, uh, the Atlantic Domino horse um, was amazing around, he did his best test ever at the Red Hills uh, in his dressage, did an amazing cross-country round and made the time, um, but he, he twisted his fetlock there, so he didn't get to finish, and um, he's going to be out for Kentucky now from that, oh, so that was a bit of a bust, no, no. so I kind of decided it, instead of just being dark and depressed that we were going to pick ourselves up, try to get a result at Chattahoochee instead. Good for you. That's so, also that's not nearly as big, but uh, we did you know, get the job done. You're still under 25. <laughs> you got another. You got other years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you've you had so you had the Van Gogh horse. Tell us a little bit about that horse. Sure. Um, I got him, bought him from the Smith Brothers. I don't know, and then in 2013, as I think it was a four year old then. Um. And I've just produced him up since then. Um, Yvonne Monahan found him for me. She's found a few really, really good horses for me. And he did, he was, he was really quick. Um, when I first, I guess he was actually five when I got him. Cause like in six months, he'd, he'd, um, went to the Tattersall CCI one star. Oh, well. Wow. Um, so he was really, really quick study when he was younger, but he's a very big horse. So I actually found that I had to hang out at the one star prelim level for like one or two more years um, on him. And he was one of the ones, uh, since he wasn't going three star when I was packing in all the hours that you need to, to finish up quickly. He was a little bit on the back burner. He just did some local shows and no large FEI competitions, which I think at the end of the day was probably good for him. Cause he's matured heaps now and, and, um, can go fast apparently, which I never thought he would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it looks um, like you're the only one that made time. Yeah. He was hauling. But yeah, yeah, he's turned out to be to be really good. Hopefully, we can polish up the dressage a little bit more, and, and we'll be in business. And do you have an aim for him? Is he going to go do a long format this spring, or what's his plan? Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing the Jersey CCI four long. Oh, very yeah. good, excellent, so, excellent. Fingers crossed there. And you had other horses there as well. Um, you had a few in the. You had one in the three star, did you? And I think one in the two star. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Mischief Man is Albus was in the um, three star. Yep. And and he, I think he, he finished third. Yes. Yeah. And he's 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 an eight year old, and he doesn't look it when you look at him. He just looks like an Irish draft horse. Oh. He's actually like <laughs> almost ninety percent thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, he's by an Irish racing stallion called Albano, and then he's out of a lot in Swipe Mare, but then the dam on the on the mare is full thoroughbred as well. So cool. he keeps the thoroughbred, but he does not behave or look it. Um, right. But he's 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 starting to get quicker as well. He's one of those that's only ever had just one gear. Um, right. But the one gear is slowly getting faster and faster. That's so good. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that'll work out as well. But yeah, I got him as a four-year-old, and Kevin McNabb found him for me. Um, cool. And he was a, a terror for the first two years of his life. Most Irish me. horses um, are. He has, <laughs> has turned a leaf yeah. recently. 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about him. So hopefully hopefully he comes on more. I if I went a bit faster, I could have placed a little higher on him too. But I nearly tried to kill myself in one of the corner combinations, so I <laughs> simmered down a bit, took a breath, thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe shouldn't go for both of them today. Maybe to not. No, out. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you've got a um, um, the mayor that you have is was was second in the two star. Yeah, Stephanie Wiley's mayor. Oh, she was fantastic. You know, we've um put a bit of pressure on her and poor girl's gone up the levels quickly. Cause I think the first time she competed was with me in late April last year. Um, and she's just a six year old this year. So she's, she's zoomed up the grades as well. That's cool. But, um, yeah, she, her and I are really excited about her. So she's been great. She's the noblest quality mayor out of a flag Mount diamond. Oh, cool. That's some pretty good yeah. breeding. Yeah. So she's, yeah, yeah. she's well bred too. Yeah. Um, I need to offer a public apology to Stephanie, though. I've been telling her for months that she's going to go to the Jersey Fresh CCI two-star long. I t- completely forgot that they didn't even have that. <gasps> oh, the wrong right when it's all confusing, the two-star break, because it's, yeah, it's it a four-star. Yeah, it's still, I so think I had, everybody's going to call take yesterday. us an entire year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to call her yesterday. I was like, Stephanie? She I can't go there wrong. because there's no divisions for her. <laughs> she ain't qualified. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, she she was really good too. So she'll get a well deserved vacation here for a bit. Yeah. Oh, very good, very good. And the the five hundred one in front of your horse's names is that the uh, short for your area code for your for yeah? For that's from? my that's my phone area code. Yeah, the five hundred one <laughs> Dogtown. That's yeah, a, that's what uh, back at home we always said we're from the five hundred one. That was all right. Phone area code. So we stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So what's next? Maybe on a little Sunday? strange, but it's at least unique. Nobody exactly. else. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it's all good. And well, you're from Arkansas, though. Yeah. So you can be yes, you I can am. be a little you can be a little strange. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going there. <laughs> you're from New Zealand, now. Hey, that's not heaps better. Exactly. No, no, no. Well, we're oh, we're yeah, more Chippewaans. You guys are bubble. We're off more. Stuff. We're more weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're more like Outback Australians in Arkansas. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know if I would have said that. (laughs) 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 Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, I like it. I've got some great mates up in Arkansas. I've been up to the races there and stuff. I've I've had nothing but fun. Oh, yeah. You've been to Oklahoma. Yep. No, Arkansas yep. is heaps of fun. It's a beautiful place, mm. actually. Very yeah. underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, I've I've been up there a few times and stuff, and it's um, it's it's really nice. So, I'm amazed you didn't want to leave. Well, you know, I mean, the best <laughs> bit about Arkansas is it's above Texas, you know. So yeah. <laughs> oh my and, god! And I'm when you're a fan of Texas, and it drives look, me nuts because that road for area five for ages that um everybody just assumes i'm from texas oh that rubs me wrong oh yeah that's what it's like when people just, ask joe if he's from australia are you australian are you british i, 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 I nearly <laughs> i nearly said that when he said about arkansas i nearly called him australian no don't do that this, but i held don't back. do that i hope back. but you see that happens that happens to me about three days a week actually yeah um <laughs> It does. It does. It happens to be three days a week. Where are you from? Yeah. Yes. Are you from Australia? And then I and I say no, I'm not. And then they draw a complete blank. 
because they, <laughs> they don't know any other place. <laughs> the only way I can tell a difference between an Australian and New Zealand accent is how you guys say seven differently. Right. Okay. Steven. That's like Steven. the homing beacon for me. It is. Seven. It's, it's the, um, Steven. you've just got to, the way the Australians speak, it's like putting a no, a clip on the end of your nose. All right. So I've got a little clip on my end of my nose like this. <laughs> I think it's you know, I sound like an architect. So that's kind of the difference, all right? And and I guess it's part of the a part of the heritage. I mean, we came from colonial settlers, and Australians came from colonial um, robbers and thieves. So, <laughs> oh my god, that's you know, just, just a couple of subtle differences. Little yeah? subtle, yeah. <laughs> oh god, oh jeez, there we go. So back back to the task at hand, Jacob. What's next on the dock for you? Uh, the, the next bit's Jersey, uh, short term. And long term, I have absolutely no idea for the rest of this year. But we'll see. <laughs> um, okay. if, um, if the chestnut Bacardi W comes around okay, I may try and sneak him off to Blenheim. Oh, very um, cool. And maybe take, well, maybe take the eight-year-old gray one to the eights and nines. Very so, cool. Uh, yep. That would be fun. We'll see on that. But, but really, I don't have many cemented plans for later this year to yeah. be honest and then when how long are you in ocala for when do you guys move back home uh we so we go to jersey from ocala and then i'll go home right after jersey yes because that's right on the way <laughs> that's a pain <laughs> but it's what it is yeah oh that'll be good yeah yeah we'll, yeah, start, mo- we'll start moving most of the horses back home probably within the next two weeks yeah, yeah. and then Head up. It's actually Jersey's not that far away, is it? It's only a few weeks. No. Away. Oh my gosh. No, no. no. Uh, it's I feel like it's up yeah. Quick. yeah. This year's just gone by so quickly. I'm not really sure yeah. how it became middle of April. Yeah, I'm gonna have, definitely going to have to stop halfway somewhere. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Super. Well, Jacob, we're going to let you get back to your bazillion horses and do some more trot sets and all that kind of good stuff. But thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. And um, we will be cheering you on from uh, up at Jersey. Cheers. No worries. Thanks for having me. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now is um, a good friend of mine who I haven't spoken to for a long time, Harry Mead. Welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you so, thank you so much for taking some time. We tried to get hold of Harry yesterday, but he was tied up in squad training, so we finally got hold of him now. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about, um, Harry. I mean, we normally, we normally get Bruce Haskell on to talk about some of these things, but um, I thought we'd try someone a little bit sort of more... <laughs> new and younger and perhaps more modern or something like that. So um, we've had a lot of rule changes, Harry, and 
it's there's it seems to be another one of those funny little minefields of of like you know what is really actually going on um and there was a 50 penalty um rule last year with corners and now it's sort of been changed to something else and um from my own experience a few weeks ago, uh, I knocked down a flag and I was called that I was clear. And then across the, the tannoy came, Joe Meyer has 11 penalties. And then it was, perhaps it was 15. And then finally it became clear, but it was all just very, very confusing. So I was just wondering if you could just run through a few of the rule changes for us and try and make it a little bit clearer to us. Yeah, so, so to understand this run-out rule, you sort of got to go back in time a little bit to understand the thinking behind it. Um, so pre-1st of January 2017, the, the, the run-out rule was simple. You you got 20 penalties if the horse didn't jump the fence. And didn't jump the fence included either having a refusal or running out. And what constitutes a jumping clear was uh, the point of the shoulder going the correct side of the flag. So that was all quite straightforward. They then were concerned because at, at that point, um, they were talking about um, this new concept of the three per team rather than the four in a team at, at the Olympics with a discard score. And what would happen if somebody had a possible run out, weren't quite sure if they were clear, thought they were, and carried on, jumped the next fence, were in fact given a run out and because they didn't represent they would then eliminate themselves and their entire team now that there's no discard score so at that time they they thought the sensible thing would would be to try and create a rule which uh, allowed uh, the, the horse and rider to complete the competition with penalties and for their team to compete but since then uh, they they uh, created another rule which uh, meant that the an eliminated horse in any one phase can be substituted back in or another uh, reserve rider can be substituted in. So therefore, an eliminated rider can actually, uh, or they, they, they no longer eliminate their team. So um, it, it's, it's effectively made that uh, 50 penalty rule obsolete. Um, it's now no, no longer needed. Um, then, so, so, so in, in 2018, uh, um, 17, we, we, we went into the start of the season with 50 penalties. Um, the other thing just to be aware of was there, was there was the odd situation where a horse occasionally, and we saw Stuart and he did it in, in, in Adelaide, in Australia, and we saw um, Captain Daniels do it in Lemoulin, and actually uh, Marcio Georges did it um, in uh, at the Rio Olympics. Um, which is where a horse jumps the fence, but the back end never actually takes off. And because the shoulder goes the correct side of the flag, um, they are technically clear, but there's a strong feeling by other competitors and, and officials and the public that the horse should have been penalised. So for that reason, they, they added in at the beginning of this season new wording to the rules, which was it was, dis, it was, it was reduced down to, down to 15 rather than 50, but they said that a horse had to jump with its entire body, excluding the limbs. But every, every part of its body has to go, not just the correct side of the flag, but the correct side of the imaginary line where the flag was originally positioned. Right. Which, 
I can understand the theory of that. Um, and, and, and lots of people have felt, you know, if a horse hasn't done that, they haven't really answered the question. But we all know that cross-country is, it's a speed sport, it, 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 you know, with, with traveling at, at high speeds to very narrow angled fences, um, to not be able to kiss the flag really uh, is unrealistic. And we could foresee uh, there was a problem here. So at the back end of last year, or, or really from about sort of uh, July, August onwards, once this rule, this drafted rule for this year uh, came into effect, um, a group of uh, us riders um, got together to, to, to sort of try and form a plan of what we felt was, was sensible. Um, and at the same time, a group of officials were, were also doing the same thing. And we came to a very similar conclusion, which is, but basically, if a horse uh, if a horse jumps with the shoulder the correct side of the flag, they should be clear. Now, obviously, you've also got the situation of, of if the back end doesn't jump. So what we proposed was that there's a very simple wording, which is the shoulder should go to the correct side of the flag and the back end should jump. The back end jumping is fairly binary. It either jumps or it doesn't. You don't really get situations in between. Um, right. so, so that just gives two points uh, for judging it, which is quite straightforward. It's also very clear when you watch your first time round. You don't need to endlessly be watching uh, uh, on, 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 on stone motion cameras. Um, and, and, and most importantly, it gets a fair result, one which uh, any sensible horseman uh, would look at and say, yep, that's clear, or no, it's not. Right. Okay. This is fairly complicated. Um, so so where we've got to is if the shoulders go through, the, they have to go through the flags. The, yeah. the hind end has to make some attempt of actual jumping. And, and by that, I mean, I know what you mean. I'm, whereas the hind end sort of doesn't really go off the ground and skews off to the side and goes past a corner, is that, and that is deemed as not making an effort, you know. Um, so how does the 15 penalties work in, in regards to eliminations and, and things? I mean, this is where... At what point can people just carry on going, and when do you so, find so, out you're so, eliminated? So, so um, you're not eliminated unless uh, you're deemed to have missed the fence, which again is quite confusing. Um, where, where the uh, it, it says if the if the if less than the majority of the horse passes through the flag passes the correct side of the flag, then it is deemed to have been a missed obstacle. Then if you jump to the next fence, uh, you're eliminated. Um, so what, what, what we're proposing uh, is that you get rid of the 15 penalties or 50 penalties, whatever it is. You just say it's binary. A horse either jumps the fence correctly or it has a run out. If it has a run out, you have to turn around, jump it again. And if you don't jump it again, you carry on, you're eliminated. But the crucial thing to this is that you want to make it obvious enough uh, in the wording of the rule that every rider will know when they miss this because if you said look if the shoulder doesn't go to the correct side of the flag um, you can you can nudge the flag you can touch the flag you can do whatever you want but if the shoulder doesn't go to the right side of the flag then you haven't jumped the fence and that's the rule that we used to have and and you had very few incidents of somebody missing a flag until until they started tampering with it right okay and the, so the way yeah. they're judging it at the moment is yeah. um, is because and, and, and just to clarify that uh, concept, 
that we put forward hasn't come into effect, and it may not. Yes. they may not accept it. But, right. but at the moment, the way they judge it is they say every part of the horse, excluding the limbs, has to go to the correct side of the flag. So the way they the way they judge that is, uh, and I was actually. Uh, a victim of this, uh, uh, ironically, having spent about 30 hours of meetings over the winter <laughs> on this rule. The, fir- the first, yeah. the first uh, combination I jumped at Fence 5, my first effort I run this season, uh, um, I had a horse which jumped um, and, and the, the uh, footage uh, was pretty widely spread on social media, but I jumped the correct side of it, my, my shin, uh, it, it knocked the flag down. Um, uh, but the way they judge it is, is they they take the head-on image, they cover the flag, they, they pause it, they cover the flag with a, with a ruler, and they see the horse in slow motion jumping, and if any part of the horse uh, touches that line where the ruler was, um, then they say that's, that's uh, 15 penalties. And, and we're talking about even uh, you know, the quarters as they take off before they even get to the highest point, if they, if they uh, drift to touch that line. But we oh, all know for, good, for goodness sake, that's just... And, and, and it's very difficult to see when, you, when you're judging something ahead on because you've got the foreshortening. You can't see how far away from the flag they are. All you can see is the sort of lack yeah. width of the horse. So yeah. the only way to judge is not that we want to go down this route, but will be to have two cameras, one side on, one head on, and for them to be synced so you can see, you know, what part of the horse you're meant to be looking at at, at that particular time. But you know, we don't want to be doing this forensic analysis in a laboratory five hours afterwards. At this event at Belton, I was given 15 uh, penalties. I came back, uh, thought I'd had a great ride, um, and then I had about 10 messages on my phone from people who'd been watching the live stream saying, no way, that's unbelievable. They've given me 15 penalties for that. So I went over to see the ground jury, and the ground jury said, look, we've got so many reviews of TDs having to go through the reviews and blocks of six at a time because there's so many horses that have been um, cited for this. And at which point, the, the 15 penalties dropped off to live scoreboard. So I then got a little message saying, thank goodness they've taken it away. So I said thanks very much to them, um, went away, rode my other horse um, around the same course, uh, spent a bit of time with my owners, then we packed up and drove home. And we'd left the event and we'd gone about 20 minutes down the road and at that point the 15 penalties popped back onto the scoreboard <laughs> and right. they yeah. obviously looked at it again and decided there was 15 penalties at which point I turned around went back to the event um, by the time I got back the TD had gone home the president of Grand Jury had gone home um, and the whole thing you know, effectively the competition is over you, know, you can't start retrospectively changing the narrative of the competition we, we need to try and make as many uh, rules to try and fit within the real time course of the competition so you're not having to retrospectively tweak the leaderboard yeah well I mean I had a, a, a fairly similar experience um, but um, luckily it was very very clear that all of my horse went inside the flags um, and the, the flag was taken out by my knee or the, one of the horse's legs. So, I mean, the body of the horse was definitely inside. But, you know, it was just goes, the, the, the confusion at the time was I was given 11. I mean, like, you know, they didn't really yeah, even yeah, know, yeah. know we, we, what, yeah. what it was. And, and we were all sort of running around trying, trying to figure out these rules as we went. But that combined with, and there was another problem, and this is at Red Hills Horse Trials um, International, was... Um, 
a lot of the iPads that they were using for the filming weren't fully charged, and that was becoming a problem. And they were trying to email the, the, the footage to the ground jury and things, and it all just becomes a bit of a can of worms. And it's not so bad here in the States where there's not as many people, but I can imagine if you've got, you know, a, a competition like Belton or something where you've got loads and loads and loads in the FBI classes um, and maybe one particular tricky fence that the flag's coming down a lot, then the ground jury's tied up very quickly. Yeah, well, we, um, we had the same thing at Belton where it was all yeah. put onto one of the FBI stewards' laptops and that ran out of battery. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it, yeah, it's just trying to keep it simple. Um, I, I think the one thing that, that we really... Just having sort of got feedback from a lot of writers, one thing we really don't want to go down is is the simple, and in many ways it would be the easiest to judge. But of if you knock a flag down, it's automatic penalties, regardless of how good or bad it is, because that is totally against um, what cross country riding is about. And we know that the the way you hit a fence, it, the, the the likelihood of the flag coming down isn't just linked to how badly you infringe upon the flag it, it's actually it's it's just simple you know if your foot goes the wrong side if the foot goes one you one side of the flag or the horse's foot goes one side of the flag that can take a flag down whereas you know if if, if a horse really leans on the flag uh, with his body the flag can stay up um so it, it, it's, it's something which actually we you know we should be able just to to go back to the old original rule, which is really simple, which just says the shoulder has to go to the correct side, but we add one thing to that, which is just say that the, the back end has to jump. Um, I, I, I think with, with penalising automatically for, for knocking a flag down, we're in danger of punishing horses that have done nothing wrong, which is, it, it's not fine, but it's sort of okay to a level. But you, know, you, you, you find that you know, you, you, somebody's in line to win an Olympic gold medal and they lose that because their foot hits the flag or yeah. you know, the other end of the scale, somebody who's about to go to university and they've got one last shot to, 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 to a one star and it's their absolute dream and their lifelong ambition because they're going to then sell their horse and give up eventing. And, and if they get caught out in that, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 really, it's really sad and, and it's totally avoidable and it's up to yeah. us to try and get the right rule in place. Well, I would, I'd go one step further and I think that if that was the if that ever came to fruition, that it would be a safety issue um, for me because I would really hate to see eventing turning into a, a, a somewhere where you've got to be so absolutely accurate that you're scared of taking down a flag. And I think that that's going to encourage people to ride backwards, not forwards. And it's against yeah. the actual cross country principles. You know, like it, it just. I, I think people would start to think, oh, goodness, I, I might add a stride here and we would see worse things totally. happen, as, you know, totally. and instead of, yeah. So, we all know that good, good cross-country riding is attacking positive cross-country riding. And, and yeah. the two most dangerous styles of riding are either when you get somebody who um, is a complete lunatic and goes flat out at the wrong type of fence and then the horse chips and you have a bad fall. But it's equally bad as if you get somebody who rides in a very backward way, adding strides and front of fences uh, yeah. unnecessarily because because that is, is equally dangerous. And and you take a corner, for example, if you've got if you've got a vested interest to try and stay away from that flag, it's rewarding you for uh, for, for for jumping the widest part of the corner. Um, but also not just the widest parts, but holding them to that point. And, and obviously at a corner, the, the, the wider part 
comes out towards you. So you end up being more likely to meet that on, on a deep spot. And it, yeah. it's, it's completely not, it's, it, it, it's not right for safety, but it's also more importantly in the long term of what we're trying to do as a sport and what we're trying to do for the next generations of horses and riders. It's not the culture and the philosophy we want to build into the direction of, of riding. No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, I guess that this is, this has probably come around because questions have got harder and things have got narrower. Um, you know, there's much more narrow, there's more accuracy called for. Um, it wasn't quite as difficult as this a long way back, but it, in the in the good old days or the bad old days but there was the equally there was different challenges then as well but you know now um now we have got fences that are narrow and it calls for more accuracy but like we just said harry it's uh, riding forward is is what makes you ride straight um i I think there's also a a misconception which is uh that riders uh, try and save a second by aiming at the flags, which is nonsense. You know, we don't. The, the, the level of accuracy now is so high, um, and so it's 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 a little bit like downhill skiing. You know, if you're skiing and you're getting the correct side of a gate, you know, you're you're judging something to the inch uh, at, at high speeds, and 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 you're 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 not trying to hit a flag. You're just just trying to jump through the space and sometimes you you kiss that flag but that's not the same as jumping the wrong side of it um, yeah so it's yeah it's, 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 it's trying to yeah. Like that. But, but actually there was a point you just raised which is really interesting because you know course design goes through stages and 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 you know you get a decade of a certain type of question and it's it's very difficult and then towards the end of that decade people become used to it that message gets filtered down it, it starts being recreated at, at lower levels you start seeing uh, miniature versions of, of of those kind of questions at pony club events and before you know it horses and riders can do it pretty fluently and that's where the course designers then need to come up with a new idea and we've gone from having you know, your your um, big imposing fences um to sort of corners coming in in the 90s uh, and, and and then at the start of this century you know sort of arrowheads and real accuracy questions and now in the last for the five years or so, we, we, we've seen a sort of further development where you've got extreme angles, um, including you know, rotating a corner so that the line you have to approach a corner is almost parallel to the face. You're having to jump so the corner is twisted round effectively. Mm. And, and we've, we've started pushing those kind of things to the, to the extremes. And you talk to the course, to, to top course designers and they're under pressure to obviously not create course falls, but they've got to have an influence on the leaderboard. So it's, it's a true three-phase competition. And they understandably say, how do, we, how do we find a new direction to go in? How do we test people? Because we're sort of running out of ideas. And, and there is one suggestion which could uh, potentially answer so many different challenges, um, which is to take your jumping efforts, which at the moment at five stars capped to 45 jumping efforts. Um, if you excluded uh, plain ditches, so, so not a train or anything, but just a ditch uh, without a fence over it, um, and also steps up and down, if you, if you exclude those from the jumping quota, then you can start to build interesting fences like staircases and sunken roads, which encourage the right type of riding. You don't normally get bad falls there. It encourages the right type of riding which which takes a gear change and it also 
that the sort of fences that really represent the true spirit of what cross country is, um, it, 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 it will be a good training process for uh, the next generation of horses and riders. It also, for the public, it, it takes eventing back into being what the USP of the sport is, which is seeing the, the, the iconic sort of cross-country fences instead of just a, a, a load of angles, which if you're watching on TV, it, it, it becomes quite boring. You know, if, if you haven't walked the course and you can't appreciate the angles or something, it becomes quite plain. If you imagine having all cross-country courses without water jumps, it would, it would, be, it would be pretty bland. Uh, whereas if we can start adding in sunken roads and staircases now the reason why we don't see them on courses is because if you put a staircase with with a fence at the top a fence at the bottom and three steps down that's five jumping efforts so if you have a sunken road with a fence either side of a step down and a step up that's four jumping efforts right your, your okay. total quota yep. is 45 so any one of those combinations is using 10 percent of your total quota and the fewer fence the fewer fences you have around the course the easier it is for people to make the time because horses travel. Now we've got no road and tracks to steeplechase. Horses travel. They cruise around a 10 or 12 minute course uh, at a higher speed than 570 meters a minute. So the course designer, unless you've got steep terrain or it's soft going, uh, the course designer has to start, even at Burley where it's, where it's very hilly, horse, course designers have to start putting in roundabouts and twists and turns to try and bring our average speed down because they know that if they don't, then, then too many people are going to make the time. Whereas you could start to design courses that are actually more fun for the horses, uh, where you lose some of those disorientating roundabouts uh, and, you, and you put in instead uh, some of these um, classic fences like sunken roads and staircases. And, and you're, you're able to do that because you're not losing uh, another jumping effort later on in the course by, yeah. by putting this fence in. Yeah, well, that's very, that's uh, yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, like um, when you put it as clear as that, um, it makes it 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 makes it very true. And I especially like your comment about encouraging people to make a gear change because I think that that is very, very important. You know, like a lot of people sort of just, I don't want to say that the art of cross country is gone, but it, 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 not that it has. <laughs> I'm just joking, but I mean. Everybody, a lot of people have got good at jumping narrows and turns and things like that. But I mean, to be able to, to, to have to slow down to do something. And, yeah. you know, there was, wasn't, it wasn't, well, and we can remember Harry, but there's times when, you know, we needed to pull up to a trot to jump a fence, yeah. you know, yeah. um, in cross country. And then and that hasn't happened for a very long time. Um, but no, well, there's, there's, I always, I always think that because country should test, it's a bit like an exam, it should test the entire syllabus. So it shouldn't just ask you the same question in 10 different ways. You shouldn't just be, you know, can you jump an angle fence? Can you jump an angle fence? Can you jump an arrow fence? Can you hold your line? It, it should be testing every type of uh, question that we have on the cross country syllabus. And, and for that, and you, you use exactly the right term, which is gear changes. It's not speed changes, it's gear changes. So, so you've really got four variations. You've got, you've got low speed, low revs, which is, you know, like coming back to a trot and, and popping something. You've got low speed, high revs, like jumping your coffin or you know, jumping up a staircase. And, and, and then you've got high speed, low revs, like jumping a big galloping chase fence. And then you've got high speed, high revs, like jumping a, uh, a big, you know, a combination of big square tables or something, and and, and yeah. really, you know, a good course should test all of that. And and what we've seen, I'd say, in the last ten years, we've seen a move to 
galloping courses, which then are interspersed with, or parts parts of the courses which are galloping are interspersed with um with these slow sections where it brings your average speed down, and it might be a test of accuracy, but it's not really a true change of gear where you've got to drop the speed down and at the same time put up the revs and the energy and the impulsion, um, and and, and maintain that attacking, albeit at a slower pace, start of riding before you get back into your motorway or freeway uh, tra- type of traveling over over some of the easier fences you can, you can jump out of the out of a um, low gear the cruising cruising gallop yeah i mean i could talk about this all day i mean uh, talking to one of my students on the weekend and trying to explain that there's some parts of the course which are going to take a little bit longer so don't try and be on every single minute marker all of the all of the way you know you've got to say i've got this going on and this one and there's maybe only one fence in this minute so this is the time that i'm going to make up you know so and it teaches teaches people how to be able to you know ride their horse the most effectively especially for fitness work um to be able to say okay well this has taken me a little bit longer but i know that over here i'm going to be able to make up some time or at the end of the course looks very very tight i need to be a little bit up or you know the horse at, towards the end of the course the horse is much more bold and running and going and 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 yeah, right into stride. Stride. Yeah, the, 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 the same yeah. the same question of fence five or fence fence 20 is is going to ride completely differently because their, their stride is is you know nearly, nearly half as long again by the time you get to fence 20 whereas you yeah. know that the you know, bouncing like a like a deer or a gazelle, you know, that's five. Whereas they're, 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 they're long and flat by times 20. Yeah. yeah. Well, Harry, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you another question, and this is something that I've seen a little, a little bit of and I'm not really sure about, and that is um, on your side of the pond, um, there's been a bit of a shake-up on as far as like FEI competitions and things, and I, I believe BE have taken uh, some of the FEI status off some of the competitions. And could you just explain to us roughly what's going on? Yeah, so, so I'm I'm not uh, connected to either B or any of the events. So I'm sort of speaking purely as a uh, relatively uninformed uh, observer on this. But um, I think you, you, over the decades we've seen an evolution of the calendar where you know, events have come in and other ones have gone and 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 from uh the original placement of where the international events were um there was a feeling that there was that a sort of rejigging was needed um to make sure that uh the the, the spread of events was um appropriate uh, both um across the months uh during the calendar season um and also geographically uh, in different bits of the uk um, so, so what they did was, uh, in one big sweeping change, rather than trying to just push, you know, an event a week forward here, a week back there, or stop a clash, you know, somewhere else in the season, uh, they, they effectively took away all the um, international fixtures, um, got all the uh, events to reapply for them, and um, and and then assessed each event on on its merits um, before reallocating them. Now. When you make big sweeping changes like that, it's going to ruffle some feathers. And I think you know, that, that, that there's been quite a lot of um, disquiet about that and and frustration uh, in some quarters. But it'll be interesting to see how it pans out because I think that, that the principle of what they were trying to do was right. And when you make sweeping changes like that, you're not going to get it exactly right first time round. 
but hopefully the overall uh, spread of events will be better and I'm sure they will look to make some changes and you know there's you know, the simple things like the southwest uh, of, of, of the UK has lost uh, quite a lot of events and that's typically um, quite a, a sort of eventing heavy area where, where, where you get you know it's, it's, it's eventing probably a bit bigger in the south of England than it is in the north so you get more, more members down there uh, yeah. land prices are a slightly less expensive once you get further west and away from London, but because they've reallocated a lot of the events um, up north, it means you know they're much happier because uh, in the north they're now having to drive an hour and a half to get to an event rather than six hours, which is you know, great and completely right for them. Um, but equally, you need to make sure that where there's a higher density of competitors, uh, that, that there's also enough entries to go around. So I do think, you know, I think we've just got to bear with it at the moment. I think they're, they're doing this for the right reasons. They're ruffling some feathers because you know, some, some good events that have put, put a lot of effort into their international uh, courses have, have, have either lost them or, 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 or been downgraded at a level. Um, but, but hopefully uh, th- there will be changes. I don't know whether that'll be this season or whether it'll be over the next couple of seasons to try and get the optimum uh, line. So, so hopefully we'll be in a strong position. Well, I mean, it, it must be tough on organisers that, um, that have got sponsors on the back of FEI competitions and, you know, for the part of their support. I mean, how does, how do, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm I'm not entirely sure what 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 the individual arrangements are about that. How much yeah. warning they're given, um, sure. but, but it's 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 going to impact because um, you know some sponsors will only want to sponsor if there is an international class. Um, yeah. Equally, you know they are trying to serve the members and they're trying to make sure that the best events have uh, the international classes. Um, so so they've they've looked at a whole host of factors, but yeah, you know, it's it's. It's, it's something that, that is tough. Um, I, yeah, I do feel for the organisers, but 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 hopefully we will end up with a with a sort of satisfactory conclusion after you know after any initial teething problems. Okay, all right, okay. Well, Harry, before we let you go, um, I want you to just tell me how you've been getting on yourself, and you must be um, you've had a couple of runs or one or two runs so far, and you're probably looking forward to badminton. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I've done. Um, I've, yeah, we, we've sort of had a month, uh, month of competing. Um, so I probably had about 40 or 50, uh, starts and they've all, um, yeah, the horses going well. We've, we've, we've had pretty good weather this spring so far. So last year we lost a lot of the, the early events. Um, yeah. and really now all eyes on badminton. I've got the same horses, uh, as I rode there last year, a lovely grey horse called Away Cruising. Um, yeah. and he, he finished sixth at Burley at the end of the year. And, um, yeah, looking, looking to, Really try and give it our best shot. He's feeling great. He's um he's his dressage is is really smart. It's the, the big challenge for him is um is is, is show jumping. It's, it's a phase he's always he he's found very hard for his technique. Um, but yeah, he, he's had one fence down in his last three five star events. So um uh, I'm going to try and do that again. That's not so bad. <laughs> no, I know, so but he's, he's a horse. Who, he's a horse who yeah. could go and have four or five down. Um, right. So, yeah, uh, yeah I've just got to try, and I've got, I've got a very clear plan of how, how I'm going to ride. And, and if um, if that comes off brilliant, and if it doesn't, as long as I've stuck to my plan, then you've just got to be able to shrug your shoulders, take it on the chin, and uh, try, try the next one. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we all know all know about that. Okay. <laughs> well, um, all right. Well, Harry, thank you so so much for um, taking this time to come on the show, and um, it's been fantastic talking to you, and very very interesting and enlightening. Um, and I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy it. But um, good luck for the rest of the season, and we'll talk to you again. Well, Max, we've had a great show, and I think it's about time you ended up doing these closing bits for us. Exactly. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. Find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. This is Max, and you can find me on Facebook, Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me on, you can't find me on Twitter because I don't do that. You can find me on Instagram at MMC338, and you can read all my old blogs at Max Corcoran WordPress. Just being honest, sorry. And this is and this is this is Joe, and you can find me on Facebook, Joe Meyer. You can go to my website, JoeMeyerEventing.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Joe Meyer E V N T R, and you can follow me on Instagram, Joe Meyer Eventing.